Yeah, let's take it. I'm recording. <laughs> In case you missed it, Alexis and... Well, you did miss it. We deleted the recording. <laughs> you did miss it. Alexis and I have had two shots. We're about to take 0.5. Laura is enjoying our... Um, I feel like enjoying is a strong word. It's Laura less. is putting up with us. <laughs> Laura's babysitting. Can I make this on my bed? Wow, she's a bartender. You see that? That clean! At the bar with her. I'm still laughing. Haven't we kissed? Oh, yeah, you missed it. I, <laughs> there was a moment where I incorrectly... dreamed about it simultaneously. I incorrectly oh. remembered kissing Alexis, but I guess it's never happened. Are you sure it's never happened? I don't think so. It's never happened? Who did I... I kissed Devin? You had to kiss Devin. Devin, have we kissed? <laughs> Please respond, Devin. <laughs> the squirting sound of the lime. <laughs> I don't like the lime. <sighs> this episode, we're talking about books we've read and what we will try to be reading. Our TBR, if you will. Our turbo army. Our turbo Our turbo I'm Alexis. I'm Laura. And I'm Nicole. And this is Literary Bitchcraft. <sighs> so I read... Uh, Wait, how was your week? Oh, bad. <laughs> oh, okay. I started a new job a couple weeks ago. It's been exhausting. It's a good job. I enjoy it. It is a very exhausting um, and mind-consuming job. But not bad. I shouldn't say that. It's bad because of school. I had a teacher that didn't grade anything for six weeks. I emailed him and was like, hey, are you getting my work? He ignored me and started grading things. <laughs> and was like, yeah, don't worry. I've been here this whole time. No, he responded after he graded a bunch of stuff and was like, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week, Laura? <clears throat> eh, it was a week. It felt like two. Dude, it felt like two weeks, didn't it? Yeah. It really does feel like it's been longer than a week since I've seen Yeah. It feels like it's been several. Like, maybe, like, two or three. Yeah, it feels like at least two weeks. It's like, this fucking week, dude. Exhausting. Exhausting. I just never have anything to add. It's pretty boring. I just go to work, I come home. I try to be productive when it comes to writing or reading. I usually not. Yeah. And then I go to bed. It's like nothing specifically bad happened this week, except for my car getting blocked in by a tree. Is that fixed? Oh, yeah, they fixed it, thank God. Okay. I really was about to lose my mind, because if I wasn't able to go to work yesterday, I needed to go to work. Also, I fucked up my time card from last pay period. Um, there was a day where I clocked in at 8.57 a.m., and I clocked out at 12.05 p.m., but it didn't register my clockout time. So I had to an- enter it manually, because I do time cards anyway. Um, but my dumbass said I clocked in at 8.57 a.m., and I clocked out at 9.05 a.m. Oof. Did you get to fix it? Nope. It went through, so I have to fix it. I have to make up the hours this pay period. Oh, okay. Yes, I'm um, like $100 short on my paycheck. Fuck. Isn't that so fun? I love that. How much do you make per hour at your job right now? 15 That's it? Mm-hmm. I know. They really fucked you good, huh? Oh, they fucked me so good. So bad. (laughs) 
They said, no, you'll go full time. You'll go full time. You know what? Perish. Goodbye. Also, I think that's why my weeks have been so just fucking stupid and terrible because I'm going to a job that I know is laying me off. Do they even have the balls to lay you off yet? Like, have they officially laid you off yet? No, my last day is May 28th. Okay. Um, Because my boss pulled as many strings as she could, but if she pulls one more, her job is in jeopardy, and I don't want to... Yeah. I don't want her to lose her job. She's done what she could for me. Um, Everyone hates Jerry. All my homies hate Jerry. Fuck Jerry. Yeah, everyone hates Jerry. Um, He's going to be in town next week on Monday. Spit on him. I close my door. Go out with a bang. I close my door now. But yeah, um, but a high for my week. Signs with my pu- my fist. You're saying my pussy. <laughs> I just say pussy you in there. <laughs> Detachable. But <laughs> it's a packet pussy. But a high stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> but a high for my week was finding the L cover <laughs> of Miss Anya Taylor Joy at Target. What was a high of your week, Laura? Us not winning any vocal challenges. Is there were they announced? Yeah, I checked them. We didn't win anything. <laughs> I figured. The ones that win are pretty good. I just feel like they're very, like, what you would expect with short stories. But they're not bad. They're very good. It's just kind of in... That's not a word. I was going to say anticipatory. Anticlimactic? Yeah, that's a good one. Anticlimactic. <laughs> they're very anticlimactic. It's like, they're good, but it's like what you would expect to win those things. Mm. So... Oh, uh, me? Mm-hmm. Still? Oh, yeah. nothing, yeah. really. No highs, no lows. No high school football? Does anybody get that joke? Riverdale joke? No? No. There's a scene where he's in prison, and the guy's <laughs> like, I've been in prison since sixth grade, or something like that. And he's like, so you've missed the highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. It's that's... the worst line in the entire series. You're in prison. That's not what he missed. He missed, he missed his childhood. That's Archie. the worst line? <gasps> not the, have you ever seen me without this hat? That's the best line. <laughs> I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. Weirdo. <laughs> Have you ever seen, seen me, me without this hat? That's weird. Um, so in the last few months, I've been in a reading slump. I have just had a really hard time with sticking to anything. Um, I think school is just melting my brain. I have found my classes in math, it's been extremely difficult, so that just fries my brain when I do it. She's gay. She can't count. Yeah. In English, <laughs> it's just so lackluster. Like, not a bad class, not a bad teacher. Like, everything's fine. It's just everybody clearly... D- you heard that? <laughs> everybody clearly does not care that they're there, and it's just hard to interact with that, I think. Because I do care a lot about English. And the really smart people in that class are very pompous about their intelligence and they use it to like flex on everybody else. And the people that are like, I don't want to say less smart, they're not less smart, but they're clearly not as like engaged with the coursework, just don't care. Either they don't care or they're there to be an asshole. And it's just difficult to engage with that. And the teacher didn't grade my... So what's a sitch? The teacher didn't grade my work for six weeks. So. What have you read, Nicole? So in April, I read five books, which is a personal record. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I finished Six of Crows, which was a great ride. Loved it. Loved it. Um, I also read through Audible. 
Many Lives, Many Masters by Doc. I think his name is Doctor David Weiss. His last name is definitely Weiss. Um, also on audiobook, I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. Know My Name by Chanel Miller, and then The Magic Fish, which is a young adult graphic novel by Trung Lee Nguyen. And then I'll talk about those in a second. There's a TikTok um, where these girls are like Midwest, maybe a little <laughs> Southern. And they're clearly very smart. They're getting into good colleges, but yeah. they just can't yeah, pronounce for words. Sure. Like how, I mean, we're Californian. Apparently we don't say T's, but Water. they're out here saying like, Stew. <laughs> they're out here saying like, I got to take a sign name. How are you saying? Go Frogs. And I don't understand what they're saying, but it's a really good time. Go Marsh. The girl that's super peppy and sounds Californian is my favorite one, which is like, I got it. Hi, Gurney. Gurney. Hottie, Hottie. Hottie, Hottie. Oh, that was very Californian, though. She doesn't sound like that. She goes like, Hottie, Hottie. Oh, that's yeah, the last one. I'm talking yeah. about the like this third Go one. Go Ponies. <laughs> doesn't one of them say howdy? Yeah. Howdy. Yeah. One of them does say howdy. She's from Texas, I'm sure. Yeah, I, think it's um, I read Six of Crows. It got me out of my reading slump, but that's only a couple weeks ago, and then I've just read uh, school books since then. So, nothing fun. I finished Crooked Kingdom by Leigh Bardugo. I finished four of the Captive Prince books by Paquette, and I'm not going to talk about any of them because I've already talked about them, so. <laughs> Sorry, Paquette. Run her her check, and she'll go over it again. <laughs> Let me. I just think everyone is tired of me talking about them, so. I'm not. Just fucking read it. <laughs> pay her to shut the fuck up for eight thousand dollars buy my silence damn laura you're on page 230 yeah of ninth house yeah i'm taking my sweet time with ninth house not because i want to but i can i can you're right i can feel it picking up it's uh, like pretty slow until um chapter seven so yeah. you're reading ninth house before crooked kingdom yeah okay i'm reading crooked oh drunk I'm reading Crooked Kingdom right now, and then I'm going to finish Night Because something about me I've noticed, except for um, A Darker Shade of Magic, yeah. <laughs> I need breaks in between a series or a trilogy or a duology, I guess. So if I read Six of... I was going to say Sixth of Prince. <laughs> so if I read Sixth of Crows... Sixth... Hello. You can get there. <laughs> so if I read Six of Crows, I can't jump straight into Crooked Kingdom. I have to have like a buffer in between. Um, but I'm still reading Bardugo. Do you feel the same way with series? Uh, no, I have to read it right after. Yeah, for some I reason... I like keep the good time rolling. For some reason I can't. The, the exception was going from Gathering of Shadows into Conjuring of Light. I finished Gathering of Shadows, closed it, and I had Conjuring right there ready to go i prefer to go consecutively through series but uh, for like, some reason if I, I just like can't. obviously if it's releasing like every year that's yeah. not that's nothing i can do it's because my my attention span I, I get really tired trying to keep up with something that's so long series and trilogies are commitments for me and isn't so, her tone in um ninth house just so different it's so different it's so it's it feels like a different writer yeah completely it's, it's so good but i'm on page 94 which is the start of chapter six Chapter 7 is insane. Yeah, so I'm excited to get there. Um, I You're going to be like, oh, this is the part they were talking about in the mm, okay. Cause, book club. Because she is talking about Helly now. from there, it's like real, real insane. I really like Darlington. Daniel Arlington. 
I like that his name is Darlington. It's I not, think it's, it's Daniel. Yeah, Arlington. I know, but I, I think it's cute. <laughs> but I don't know anything about it yet. I haven't opened it. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna let myself touch it till I finish Crooked Kingdom because my reading slump hasn't even been a reading slump. I'm still reading a lot. It's just I'm not finishing anything because I pick up something else because I get bored. Hmm. Um. I mean, we're gonna have a whole episode Ninth House, but like, I have a feeling she was in love with her friend Helly. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling she's in love with Darlington. I like their... They still are very, very new to each other, those two characters. Something but happens, and I think it changes something for him a lot. Huh. It's not a great thing that happens to him, but I think it also is like, oh, shit. I just finished the part where uh, the moths take her tattoos. I love that. That's I so cool. love that, too. And the way he describes her, where it's like she's seen so many horrors and lived through so much, but she's never seen magic. And I was like... <gasps> oh, is magic a thing in this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's really There's cool. No okay, it literally has everything. It has um cults, okay. secret societies, right. mm-hmm. ghost, mm-hmm. magic. It has to do with um like mythology in the context of yeah. Egyptian mythology. Oh, I love and, that. Um their idea of the afterlife. It's so cool, Alexis. Yeah, I'm excited. Do you to- guys have favorite um Egyptian gods? I, I used to know a phase where I was obsessed with, with Egyptian mythology. Me yes. too. Yeah, I, um, but I don't remember like specifically like who I loved. I Osiris was just, like, is my it. favorite. That's the god of death. Who's Anubis? Um, Anubis is. Is he the sun? Anubis is. Um, I think he's the sun. Yeah, the sun. I like him. Yeah. I think I have to brush up on my Egyptian mythology. Iris is basically the Egyptian equivalent of. Isn't it like Aphrodite? I don't think it's Aphrodite. I think it's Artemis. Isn't it? I always get those two mixed up. Yeah. It is Artemis. Yeah. Because I remember when I learned about Egyptian mythology in school for the first time, because my dad was obsessed with it. My dad has multiple songs based off of, like, Egyptian really? mythology. Really? Yeah. Very cool. And, like, he um, taught me a lot about it. But when I was in class learning about it for the first time in sixth grade, there was a girl in my class named Iris. And when it came up, everybody, like, looked at her. And she was like, <sighs> <laughs> And it's, like, burned in my brain. She was so stressed, that poor girl. She was beautiful, too. So she was already, like, thirsted after by everyone's school. Like, it's you, Iris. <laughs> and she's like, please. <laughs> but I also, this month, I've already finished the first book of The Heaven's Official's Blessing. That's right. I'm on the second book. I'm going to finish it probably tomorrow. Damn. What is it called? The Heaven's Official Blessing. Heaven Official's Blessing. I always want to call it Heaven's Gate. Book? Yeah. I always forget what it's called because everyone just turns it to... TGCF, but I don't know what that stands for. It's like the Romanized version of the Chinese name. For oh, okay. Mm. Um, I guess I'll talk about my books. It's just so good. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh, you know what? I'm actually almost finished with um, what is it called? Telegraph. No. Damn. Yes, I am finishing that. I'm going pretty slow on it because I'm like, I already know what happens. So it's not like I feel. It's so good, Alexis. No, it is. It's fun. It's, it's selling really well at work. Good. I wonder why. No. No, I'm finishing uh, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, Gilbert. And it's really fucking good. And like, you guys are creatives. And I think you would enjoy it. It's very targeted towards writers, but definitely like an actor would also enjoy what she's saying. It's pretty much just about like the act of magic that inspires creativity and like teaching Hmm. you that you're the magic and that you can't wait for the magic to come to you. It's basically like, yes, the muse is real, but it's you. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And it just kind of, it's like a self-help book, but it's, 
Elizabeth Gilbert is a bit cynical in the sense of she, or she's not a cynical. I should say she's a realist. And it's not like self-help in the sense of like, girl, wash your face. If your man cheats on you, just make him beg. Like, it's very much what real magic feels like and which is creating. And it's really good. I think you guys would like it. I, re- I literally recommend it to anybody who's in a creative field. That sounds really interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, I just don't consider myself creative, honestly. Well, there's a line where it says... Um, it's that imposter syndrome, Laura. I yeah. don't think I have that, honestly. D- no. <laughs> Laura says I'm perfect and I know it. Uh, no, but there's a line where uh, it was like, if you ever feel like you're too old for what you're doing, you're not too old. You're just finally ready. And like, there's like a bunch of lines like that where it's like very self-helpy. But it's, like, done in a through a very creative lens where it's, like, hmm. creativity relies on you feeling young and crazy and, like, kind of, like, you're running and off those your own words. I've mm-hmm. never felt young. You've never felt young? No. You don't feel young now. You feel old. My joint pain says I feel old. I've also been having lots of flare-ups this week. That's why my week's also been Poor shitty. grandma. <laughs> No, seriously, it keeps me up because they feel like they're on fire. Your joints? Mm-hmm. You probably have arthritis, or since I was twenty, inflammatory issue. Fibro- people say fibromyalgia. You might have fibromyalgia. Yeah, I've had to take joint medicine since I was twenty. Jesus Christ! Because they they I feel I'm like not twenty, and I'm like whoa. They feel like they're on fire. Like I'm literally oh, in pain every day. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean I'm not just twenty one? I was like, what do you mean we're not all twenty? Sometimes I think I'm twenty three. Like, I just so forget. Crazy. I just forget. A customer asked me how old I was because she was like, my daughter just got married and she's a regular. So TJ was like, is she 18? She's like, yeah. And she turned to me and went, if your kid does that to you. And I was like, stop. I already did that to my mom. She's like, what? I was like, I got married at 18. She's like, how old are you now? And I went, oh, how old am I? And I like turned to Michaela and I was like, how old am I? She's like, you're 23. I was like, I'm 23. I forgot. I genuinely forgot how old I was. I could not remember. Yeah, sometimes I forget. It's weird. I was like, I had a, a two quarantine birthdays. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Damn, love that. I was 21 when COVID started. The start of COVID in the United States. COVID. Oh my God, I'm trying so hard right now. <laughs> the government COVID mandate. COVID. Was my birthday. COVID. <laughs> COVID and I share a birthday. COVID <laughs> and I share a birthday. Are we mean that we're just making fun of these girls? Like, no, not at all. They're educated. They're smart. They're beautiful. There's things about me. I'm built like Wendy Williams. I can make fun of people. I'm built like a toothpick. All tits, no ass. God help me. <laughs> if I lay in bed and the blanket's over me, you can't tell me. <laughs> literally dying when you're explaining that <laughs> literally reading evelyn hugo is the first time i felt seen when he was like i'm gonna marry you because you have so much tits and no ass i was like <gasps> really <laughs> i guess i should talk about these books yeah yeah you're the only one that's like read a lot well she can't even talk about the books she read she already talked about them, talked about them yeah i've talked about them previous episodes every, uh, pecat is to me what t- twilight is to alexis i was waiting for it yeah I haven't talked about this episode, and I won't. I refuse to speak about it. I'm gonna give myself one week off. You have. You said, as Alice said, oh, yeah. it's time. You already fucked. It's time. And then Dumb you did a whole like dun, muffled, dun, yeah, dun, 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 dun. yeah. That's Muse. I'm just a fan of the British. No, have you not. seen the state of a buddy? If I beat, I'm wearing a Johnny. 
I feel weird being the only one to talk about books. Back to you. I mean, maybe one day I'll read a different book and I'll be able to talk about it. <laughs> maybe one day it won't just be Paquette. Maybe someday. That's oh, from yeah. SpongeBob the Conch. The Magic Conch. It's a good episode. That is a good episode. It used to give me anxiety before I knew what anxiety was. I wonder if it's why I'm obsessed with Naked and Afraid. <laughs> okay, so Magic Fish by Trung Lee Nguyen Wen. However it's pronounced. I don't know. Up to you. Thank you. You decide. <laughs> Viewers like you. Thank you. Thank you. But it's a graphic novel, a young adult graphic novel that I borrowed from our friend Sam. Hi, Sam. Thank you. Um, it broke my heart. Did you wave at the mic? Yeah. Alexis waves hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Well, I Sam love you. Yeah. Um, see you Monday. Um, but I borrowed it from them, and I finished it in within 24 hours. Um, but it's about this young boy, this Vietnamese boy, it's important, this Vietnamese boy who's trying to find a way to come out to his parents. Uh, his parents are immigrants from Vietnam, and so there's a language barrier between them. He's a first-generation Vietnamese-American. Um, and so also, it's an Asian-American story, which I related to on a different level, the cultural relevance, even though I'm not Vietnamese. I was going to say, even though I'm not Vietnam. <laughs> even though I'm personally not the country. Even Vietnam. though I'm personally am not Vietnam. Or Vietnamese. But he uses fairy tale. He reads fairy tales to his parents every night. So it's a way for them to uh, learn English, get accustomed to hearing it, and get accustomed to reading it and speaking it for themselves. And it's just really, really good. Um, but there's a pan. Spoiler alert, his grandma dies. And that ruined me. I finished it on a Thursday. And I was still sad. Uh, today's Friday. It's been a week. Still sad. Yeah, that's why you're weak so bad. For many reasons. First, the tree, the grandma, this job. But Anya Taylor Joy came to the rescue. <laughs> Anya Taylor brought that joy. <laughs> um, Anya Taylor, no joy killed me. <laughs> when I said that and then I saw your tweet, I was like, damn, is that going to be our new thing? You in a good mood? No, I have Anya Taylor, no joy. No joy. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really proud of that tweet, too. Because I had Cody read it, and he's like, I can hear you saying this. I can hear you, but I won't. Frozen. Two. I have never seen it. It's cute. The second one. I like it. The music is better in the first one. Except for one song. I like it, too. Anyway. Um, I'll Be Gone in the Dark, I listen to on Audible at work. And I listen to true crime every single day. Starting at 8.59 a.m. <laughs> she says, good morning. Her legs were cut off. <laughs> Her feet were cut off. Yeah, starting early. It's never too early for true crime or ghost stories. Um, I eat that shit up. I was going to say something, but I won't. Like that pussy. Oh, I thought I she was going to say that. I thought she was going to say, like, what's the murder that ate people? Which one? The main one. Like, the weird white guy. Manson? Tim... No. Tim. My brain's saying Tim Allen. <laughs> it's not correct. Ted? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. I thought you were going to say eat people like Ted Bundy. Did Ted Bundy not? Who's the one that ate people a lot? Isn't that Ted Bundy? Yeah. He like ate other white men and like a lot of black men. No, he only killed women. 
Out of them. What's the one that, like, killed black men a lot and ate them? This is your thing, Nicole. I know. I listen to so many. Dahmer. Yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Dahmer. Yes. Like that Ross Kesha Lynch. song. Cannibal by Kesha. <laughs> <laughs> she mentions him. But like, I ate that shit up like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> like that's, that's a bit fucked up, isn't it? <laughs> but I listened to that one. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark is about the Golden State Killer. The Golden State Killer was not coined until a few years when this book was already like kind of in pre-production. I don't know if that's the right word. But it's written by Michelle McNamara. When Mac- she was doing her, her research. He yeah, when coined. she was doing her research, she coined the name Golden State Killer because he's first known as the East Area Rapist. He targeted the Bay Area and um, Sacramento area. And so it was really weird to listen to her talk about being here in Sacramento. And she's like, I'm exiting East Sacramento now and I'm driving down Folsom Boulevard and passing the university and I'm going down here. And I, I finally go until I hit Bradshaw and I turn right. It's going to be weird to hear. And I, was, I plan on reading that. That's dude, and so I was jarring. like... I know exactly where the fuck you are. That's yeah. yeah. You're saying it. I like can picture the road. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. And I'm like, I drove down that all the time, so that was weird. And then there was I used another. To live off Bradshaw. Shit. Yeah. I used to drive Folsom, and then, I mean, I went to Sac State. I mean, there's still times that I drive Folsom. Home, yeah. So same. it's weird to think about that. And I oh, it was it was really eerie, and um, and there's another part too where she's talking about. The chapters, the Sacramento chapters, they go from like Sacramento 1977, 1978, um, Sacramento 2014, which is when she was out here doing her research. And she's like, I'm in, I'm in the Arden area on Arden Way. And I'm like, no, you're not. That's around where we used to work at. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> My back. mom, uh, when, when the book came out and we were like putting all the books out and stuff, mm-hmm. I had told my mom about it, and I was like, yeah, I bought it because that's so close to home, and that's something we've all always grow, Bitch, grown up hearing about. it's fucking close to home. Yeah, and she was like, I remember going outside right when the killing started. My mom was like five or six, and her mom was telling her, like, don't stay out too late. We don't know if he's hurting children yet. I like, that's highly, fucking weird. I highly recommend the book. I think it's very well written. I didn't give it five stars. I gave it four. Um, don't ask me why, because I don't know, but something... You're not a nonfiction person as much anyway. I'm not, but this this month I read a lot of nonfiction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I read three. But I really, really enjoyed the book and the way she talks about the impact he had on the Sacramento area because he she also talks about cities that are in the Bay and she talks about Davis. She talks about um, Citrus Heights, which is where he was found living which is weird. Uh, Rancho Cordova. Um, These are like all areas I've lived in. It's so yeah. weird. And then she talks about uh, Danville, which is over by Antioch, Walnut Creek. You would know that more. Um, but yeah, it's just fucking weird. But she she does a really good job explaining. He was a police officer in these areas. Yeah. He was, a, he was an Auburn police officer yeah. for most of his life. Yeah, and people were... Spec- which Auburn's a sundown town, for anyone who doesn't know. People were speculating whether or not Sacramento was home because he kept returning every so often to commit crimes here. And the crimes are brutal. They're absolutely terrible. I didn't fully know what they were, but yeah, it was Yeah, wild. I looked them up after the book came out 
to see if I wanted to actually like or if I could read through it and it's like it's insane um there's a line that has stuck with me since I heard it it was earlier in the book she's it's like the first present day Sacramento chapter and she's conducting interviews around the Arden area talking to various people who have been here for a while and she always starts the question or the interview like um this interview is going to be about the serial killer who lived out here and she goes the this guy was so prominent over here no one asks which serial killer everyone knows exactly who i'm talking about because yeah. we have two dorothea puente and i was wondering I was like which i've been like which one yeah, well, I, me too. I would have been like, which one? Well, but, we have those two, but from his time range, if you go back there, there's also the vampire of Sacramento. So there's yeah. technically That's three right. from his age. Yeah, yeah, but everyone knew exactly who she was talking yeah, about because yeah. he, it was terrible. I recommend the book. It's great. How do you guys feel about the way that murder's talked about nowadays? Oh, speaking of, we had this conversation when I started this book. There's yeah, we had a text conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I just want to talk about the podcast. The, there's an intro by Jillian Flynn who wrote Gone Girl, Dark Places, Sharp Objects. My favorite book, Sharp Objects. Yeah, Lex's favorite book, Sharp Objects. That's good. Uh, and so the intro is done by Jillian Flynn, and she writes about how true crime has really seen a surge in popularity, which is interesting in itself. But you have to be a smart consumer of it. And she says that you have to be aware of your privilege that as you consuming true crime for entertainment is based off of someone else's tragedy, like these are real stories, and you should talk about them respectfully, matter-of-factly, not indulge in, like, oh my god, they died in such a cool way, because it's like, no, they didn't die in a cool way, they died in a really brutal way, and they died, and it impacted, one, their life, duh, but their immediate circle and their outer circle and then another outer circle yeah like, i think it affects everyone has become synonymous with like fascinating and cool like mm-hmm. something can be very interesting and you can want to learn about it and want to know about it and also like i've read how women specifically are so drawn to true crime because we're so targeted yeah I, so, like, i've seen yeah, that too there's fascination there there's a an interesting part of like learning about it because it almost feels like you're gearing yourself up for the inevitable mm-hmm. but at the same time you have to be respectful yeah i'm not gonna name the podcast but it's a very popular true crime podcast i gave it about 10 episodes because of their popularity um uh, i couldn't stand it the hosts at almost every single episode that they covered and it was all true crime no paranormal um copy no pace but they started almost every single episode about like oh my god the way this guy killed these people was so cool it was so crazy never been done before and it's like you can say it's never been done before you can say that he was smart in how he executed things and that's how he was able to evade capture for so long but don't praise him for carrying out these murders study his behavior study his tactics but don't don't praise him also i i don't like it when people are like oh my god my favorite serial killer is that's weird so and so i've never ever um, like even from like tumblr 2012 times you guys were there mm-hmm. horrible days i never understood the whole like oh my god romanticizing serial killers. yeah love jeffrey dahmer I ted bundy's my favorite ted, serial yeah killer. it's like 
Toy Box Killer is my favorite. It's like, no. People are evil and insidious and stole lives. That's it. It's terrible. You can be fascinated. Like, I'm a sick fuck. I love learning about this shit. I love hearing about it. I'm watching a docuseries on the BTK right now. Yeah, like the fucking the Lululemon killer thing. I was all over that shit. Like, I wanted to hear every detail I could. That one was wild. It doesn't mean I thought it was cool. Yeah. I didn't think it was interesting. This isn't my favorite serial killer because... They're a murderer. It's weird to have a favorite serial killer. Yeah, I just like, think there that's has so to bizarre. be some sort of morality attached to it. Yeah, Did you know you what I mean. Hear about the Jody Arias case? Yeah, yeah. of course. I, I, I loved it because it was like she's literally crazy. Oh, insane! And I couldn't believe mm-hmm. the gymnastics she tried to go through. Like I was never there. Baby, your camera was in your camera machine. was there. <laughs> yeah, your camera was there. Also, your DNA was there. You, yeah. I think you were there. The thing is, I can remember my brain chemistry as like a nine, ten-year-old being changed as the Casey Anthony case was all over. I get it. I understand. I don't think it should be romanticized. No. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I listen to true crime every single morning, starting at eight fifty-nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and then I close it at twelve fifty-nine p.m. Because I had to clock out. And I do think there should be safe spaces to talk about this without morality being at the forefront of it. Y- yes, I agree. But it has to be involved. It still has to be done because tastefully. This, it's, it's all humans. Yes. All humans that died. Yes. None of this is characters. If you want to go crazy, go stupid about it, go read a fiction book. Night Swim by Rachel Golden. I mean, any Grady Hendrix if you want to be weird. <sighs> All of that's so fucked up, but you can do whatever you want with it because it's fakesies. Yeah. Uh, the trivialization is also disrespectful to the family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And the the intro by Jillian Flynn was, I think, really... I'm happy it was included because it opens up that conversation about what's right and what's wrong in the aspect of enjoying, quote-unquote, consuming true crime for entertainment. Um, I feel like we could, we can do a whole episode on that. Yeah. But uh, next one, speaking of true crime, uh, I read Know My Name by Chanel Miller. If you don't know who Chanel Miller is, Google it. Google her. Google her story. She is the... She's... I feel bad saying it. Um, yeah, there's there's no way. It's there's Because she even says it in her book. She's like, I am a victim of sexual assault. I am not Brock Turner's victim. I am not Brock Turner's anything. Yeah. Um, she's, she's He's a Stanford swimmer. Uh, that should say enough. She's a Stanford No, he is. Oh. I think everyone knows him more than they know her. Which is... Because she was also protected by media yeah. during the case. Yeah, as she should have been, but also I think it is insidious that his name became as mm-hmm. known as it was. Mm-hmm. But it's a... She's a great writer. Um, lots of great metaphors for how she coped with her trauma, coped with her assault, coped with her case, her trial. I I also highly recommend this one. This one made me cry a lot. A lot, a lot. But it's a very important book. I think it's really, really, really well written. Because um, you kind of also see the, why people, why victims of sexual assault aren't often willing to go press charges because it's almost pointless and she says it when she was having her rape kit done and pulled for investigation the only reason it was pulled was because it was such a high profile case and she says if it wasn't high profile she doesn't know if it would ever 
been pulled. A lot of them expire. Yeah. A lot of the DNA turns to literal dust. Well, a lot of the time that people even realize what happened to them because it's so normalized in society. She even, she even talks late. about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think it's so well done. The first chapter, she talks about the facts of the case, the facts of what happened to her. Second chapter is her in the hospital waking up, not knowing what happened. Hmm. And she yeah, said... she was completely blacked out, right? Completely blacked out. Yeah. And um, it's just really good because you see the ins and outs of what sexual assault survivors go through. And, and he only got nine months, right? And he like only that? served three. He only served, I think, two months. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <sighs> but it's... Read it. It's so good. It's so sad. It's so good, though. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be more of a um, focus put on the survivors of an awful thing story. Like, everyone's always so focused on, like, the people that made something awful happen. What about the people it happened to? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not often told, like... Even with, like, just random political shit, you only hear, you want to hear, like, about what Trump did. What about everyone that suffered from it? Mm-hmm. You know what um, I mean? Was it a TED Talk that Monica Lewinsky did? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That literally made me cry. Yeah. She, she was, was so young, how, dude. Yeah, it was my senior year that she did that, and she was talking about how she was 22. Yeah, she was, was like, so young. Chanel Miller, too, in her book, she's talking, no one knew it was her. No one knew she was Jane Doe. Um, even the only people who did know were her boyfriend, who she didn't even tell until months later because she didn't know how to tell him. Um, her sister, who was there, not there when it happened, but she was with her that night. Um, and her parents. And that was it. No one else knew. Except, of course, like the people working the case for her. But there's a chapter when she's like out. She kept going to work reading all these fucking headlines, seeing these Facebook posts, and then naturally she's reading the comments and they're all like, luckily my daughter was raised right and I would never raise my daughter to be like this. And she makes a good point where she's like, imagine your daughter seeing you read that and she knows that if anything ever happened to her, she can't go to her own mom. And I was like, well, it's like, I'm sure a lot of those kids did go through that. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, this is a very common thing. Not always as brutal as what, what she went through. Mm-hmm. Not always, you know, a stranger or someone you barely know or mm-hmm. a classmate. But almost, what is it? It's one in four women go through this? 25%? Is that it's the right? It's like one, one in three, three or one in four. Yeah. I think it's, it's one small. in three. It's, it's one small. in three. That's 30% of women. Yeah. That is a high-ass percentage. And then she, she opened up to friends and other people over time as the case went on. Um, cause I think she was 22 when it happened. And then by the time she was 26, the case was closed or the trial, it, it was adjourned. Um, and so she talks about telling her, opening up to her friends, telling her that I'm Jane Doe or, you know, that Stanford swimmer and that girl, I'm the girl, just so you know. Or she'd ask her friends out at lunch who she hadn't seen in months cause she excluded herself cause she was dealing with this case. Um... And she was like, have you seen what's going on in the news? What What do you think about that? Do you think it's her fault? And then luckily all her friends or the ones that she talked about, they're like, no, absolutely. It's not her fault. And then she would cry. And then I started crying. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it's very, very good. Very touching. Very emotional. Heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching. Important. It Important. Like. Yeah. Impactful. Um, moving on. Many lives, many masters. 
It's a self-transformation book about reincarnation. This was a huge letdown. (laughs) (laughs) I have been wanting to read this book for so long. Because it's about reincarnation. And I love these stories. I love reading about reincarnation, past lives, past life regressions. I just think they're so interesting. And this one is the one that's most talked about. One at work. And two in general. And so I was like, you know what? Let's listen to the audiobook. I finished it in one hour and in 30 minutes. Because the only audiobook available, apparently, is an abridged version. And so maybe that's why it sucked. Because I didn't hear the whole thing. In my experience, abridged audio versions are always a letdown because they're only including what whoever decided was abridged thinks is necessary and everybody's opinion is going to be different i don't even want to read it anymore i don't want to read the book Mm. i i such a letdown what was the main points of it so it's this uh psychologist sure therapy he performs hypnotherapy on his patient do you guys believe in hypnotherapy I, I don't know. Because I do believe in past lives. I've already told you guys. I believe in virtually anything. But I believe hypnotherapy is like... It seems like it takes a lot of belief from both people involved. Yeah, and I think that's very rare. You have to hypnotherapy to be hypnotized. Yeah. So I don't think it works for everybody. But I think it works for people that would believe in it. Yeah, I don't really know. Um, I want to try a past life regression. Which I don't think is the same. So you can become your union soldier. That's my girl. Thing. She freed my people. But, um, yeah, so anyway, this patient sees this therapist um, because she has a lot of phobias. What are her phobias? I can't remember at this point. I'm trying to forget this book. It's almost, (laughs) it is almost a Norwegian wood. It is almost a 10,000 doors. Almost. Can I say something? Yes. You guys promise you won't beat me together? Can't promise that. Go ahead, say You it. liked 10,000 Doors? No. Okay. No. I couldn't finish it. It was my first DNF ever, and I've DNF'd like six books since then. Oh, love that. 10,000 Doors ruined me. It put a hole in my brain. It put a door. It closed a door in your heart. No, it opened a door, and then it shit in it, and then it <laughs> locked it. And there's shit in my brain forever. Okay, so say what you want to say so I we can beat like you. I like Norwegian Wood. And I'm going to reread it to see if it's just that I thought the wrinkle thing was really that funny and impactful on my life, or if I actually enjoyed it. Remember what we said, Laura? If she read this on her own, she would have uh-huh. recommended it to us. Yeah. No, I don't think I would have recommended it to you yeah, guys. You no, would've. I know what you guys like enough. I would not have recommended the book to you, but I think I did no. enjoy it. There are books that I read that I'm like, oh, Nicole and Laura. No, there was like parts that I generally was like, oh, this isn't bad. This is picking yeah. up. But well, then they would swoop right down to like, oh my God, I do not need to hear about another I Beatles song. I think the issue is that I read it from the perspective of if an American wrote it. Because it's like the obsession That's with true. the Beatles, the obsession with all this stuff. It's like, this is coming from a different culture. So this might look different through the lens of, like, Japanese culture than it looks to me. So I want to reread it with that in my mind. I tried to, and I still was like, I'm just not... There were parts I did genuinely enjoy. Yeah. I just, I want to reread it again and think if it's just that we all also had expectations, I think, because it is such this highly renowned book. It has movies based off it. It's like, Mm. I think that I just had an ideal going into it. I'm not going to reread it probably this year. This will be, like, something I push off for a while. But I was thinking about it, I was like, I did enjoy a lot of it. And I listened to a lot of it through an audiobook on YouTube. And I think that that also, I didn't enjoy that much. The reader wasn't great. I'm going to so read another one of his books. Yeah, and I also just think to I just try. want to read more of what he's written. Because yeah. the writing was not bad. 
it's just there's some parts in it that like you said it just was kind of a letdown when I expected something else to happen or like something felt like filler something's felt like filler but I'm like that might be a translational issue so I'm gonna read something else from him and I'm gonna reread that I really like the characters either yeah except for what was the one girl Midori yeah, loved that bitch at the yeah, end. Yeah, I loved her. When she was, like, going to the pornos with him. And was, yeah, like, she's cool. Loved her, loved she, her. her whole plot point was, like, I'm horny. Are you going to do anything about it? What's and his I name? I remember Midori. She's who I need to remember. Toru? Toru. Thank you. <laughs> I was Our like... one brain cell. <laughs> Sent it to Laura. <laughs> you said, hi, CCing. <laughs> but... Yeah, many lives, many masters. It just was a huge letdown because it just... Don't worry about hitting like an hour and a half on this one because I know we have at least 20 minutes to cut out about okay. uh, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> because it there was so much of it that was so stereotypical, but it's not, it's not even, that's not the word that I'm looking for. Was it cheesy? Was it like... It was almost cheesy. It, it was... What were like the past life... Uh, like what was the... What was the... I mean like what was the backbone of it? What was so the So the, the premise of the story, the reason it was written is because this patient had several phobias that were crippling. And so she went to go see him and she couldn't figure out what it was that triggered these phobias. And so he was like, let's try hypnotherapy. Are you down? And she's like, yeah, I'm down. And so they do hypnotherapy. And it's like she's, guys, she's terrified of fire. And it's like, oh my god, I'm so scared of fire. It's like, well, aren't, aren't we all? Is it like you died in a fire yeah, in a past and, life, so now you're scared of candles? And she's like, I see myself in a burning building. It's so hot. It's so hot, and I can smell a lot of smoke. It, it's like, oh my god, wow. See, I totally believe that stuff can happen. But I feel like when it's too on the nose, it's almost like, are you taking advantage of this person's fears? Yeah. That reminds me, last night, um, Sam was walking his boyfriend home. And he was, like, switching something from the dryer, from the washer to the dryer. And then he was, like, cleaning the lint out. And, um, because we never talked about it before, about if there's too much lint, it can literally cause a fire. Cause a fire. And then he was like, oh, yeah, are you worried about dryer fires? And his boyfriend was like, no, that's not something I worry about. He's like... Okay, well, you should be. <laughs> he said it. I was just watching TV and I just happened to hear it. He says, okay, well, you should be. <laughs> yeah, you should be. I used to collect lint in toilet paper rolls to um, take to Girl Scouts. So to just be a bunch of like toilet paper rolls filled with lint. And then my mom was like, that's kind of dangerous that you have a bunch of those. <laughs> that's a strong fire hazard. And I was like, but they're put to the side for fires later. Like that could be a fire now, <laughs> but it was it was just a huge letdown. I I I would recommend it to someone who is shut the fuck up. Sorry, not you. I know. Never you. I would recommend it to someone who is wanting to dip their toes into reincarnation, learning about past lives. But if you already are, like, if you've already read a lot of stories and you're. Yeah, okay, dipping toes. Yes, I was enjoying you, myself. Alexis. You didn't have to involve. Like, I, I wouldn't... just stopped talking, so I was like, okay, go <laughs> Was it distracting? You like feet? Yeah, it was. No, what? No. <laughs> she said it. So, yeah, but no, no. <laughs> Me and toes? Never, never. 
but okay, sorry, we keep cutting you no, off. Yeah, okay. sorry, sorry. Um, I'm actually loving this like Nicole centered time. Yeah, Ew. this is like a Nicole episode. Yeah, so nice. it was time. Hey guys, thank you. To quote Alice, it's time. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. But if you have already done your research on past lives and reincarnation, I don't think this book is for you. If you want to try it and dip your toes. She's not going to do it again. I'm not. I'm okay. respectful. If you want to try it and just dip your toes in it for a little bit of fun, because you're a little curious, I think it's good for beginners who have never heard about reincarnation or past lives. But I uh, let down. <laughs> Wait, so past lives. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, past lives. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I read today. Every what? episode we have something that sticks through the whole thing. <laughs> Every episode. Last episode was slipping, slipping through, through my fingers, fingers all the time. <laughs> what was the? I tried to go from. We, we do have something that lasts every episode. Yeah, that's cute. It's cute. We're cute. It's because we get stuck on something and we can't let it go. Turbush. <laughs> yeah. I haven't really read that much. I do hope I read more. Um, you guys have been impressive and inspiring, and honestly. Just the way you talked about the books you read tonight, I feel like is like I've been really missing reading, which is usually when I know my my slump is officially over. I want to finish something, and like it's it's not that I'm not reading; it's just that I miss the feeling of like reading. consuming an yeah. entire book. Yeah, and like the way you talked about your books today, hopefully will get me on the the right path. And finals are next week, so <laughs> bitch will be reading after that. But okay, we love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, this is literary bitch crap. Find us on. Uh, TikTok, Twitter, oh. Instagram, all that other social media stuff at LitBitchPod. Our Gmail is LitBitchPod at gmail.com. Um, we are sexy, we have fat asses, and you are too. We'll catch you next week. XOXO. Gossip girl. <laughs>